activate. Are you ready? AI Nexus Hello and welcome back to AI Nexus Podcast, your favorite go-to podcast for the very latest in artificial intelligence. Here with me as usual is our esteemed co-host, Elias. Elias, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good morning, Newton. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I've been doing terrific. I've been on holiday and I'm just really looking forward to uh, the new year and what 2024 has to bring. How's your week been so far? Uh, it's been a relaxing week, I can say. 2023 is done and dusted. Just can't, uh, can't wait to see what the new year brings for AI. Oh yeah, 2024 is going to be exciting, Newton. I, uh, I was on, uh, not too long ago, I was on a Twitter spaces with, uh, Kathy Wood and Elon Musk and getting to listen to their predictions and what they're talking about moving forward into 2024 with AI technology, blockchain, crypto, all of it. It was just very exciting and refreshing. And it just really seems that the last month of the year just, I mean, I've just been chock full of AI updates and news and whatnot, Newton. Um, just really quick though, I, I, I kind of, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit excited about something because, you know, I've, I've, I've been an Apple fanboy since day one and I've always kind of been underwhelmed that Apple hasn't really done anything yet with AI for the consumer and their products, but it looks like Apple researchers are actually exploring AI iPhone integrations, which is beyond exciting. Um, Looks like there is a newly published Apple research that demonstrates transformative techniques to run advanced AI on iPhones. And then also um, assistance to 3D avatars. So we're, we're looking at some exciting things. I really think 2024 is going to be some big things. Um, one of the things that I saw with Apple was that they had um, did a research paper with uh, the chatbot one. And it's entitled, The LLM in a Flash Efficient Large Language Model Interference with Limited Memory. Now, the flash in the title is a pun, Newton. So as it's about really minimizing the amount of data which needs to be transferred from flash storage to RAM. So as you and I both know, but maybe not the audience, large language models are the generic term for AI chat systems that have been trained on large amounts of text. So because of that, large language models intensive computational memory requirements They present challenges, especially for devices with limited DRAM capacity. So meaning the limited amount of storage and RAM that you have within your internal device. So the whole point of this paper, Newton, is to tackle the challenge of efficiency running those large language models 
that exceeds the available DRAM capacity by storing the model parameters on flash memory, but bringing them on demand to DRAM. So now I'm quoting the paper here. Our method involves constructing an interface cost model that harmonizes with the flash memory behavior, guiding us to optimize in two critical areas, reducing the volume of data transferred from flash and reading data in larger, more continuous chunks. So that approach really enables the LLMs to run up to 25 times faster on devices with limited RAM. Oh. So the researchers concluded that this breakthrough is particularly crucial for deploying advanced LLMs in resource-limited environments, thereby expanding their use cases and accessibility. So that's something that I'm just really, really excited about, Newton, when it comes to Apple, because now we're going to get to see, hey, Siri, as a large language model. Well, I just can't imagine how that would look and feel, you know, for all the, the numerous iOS users. Most of them are in the, in the US, I think. Uh, they're, they're more Apple users in the United States compared to the UK. I myself use Android. Uh, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> but yeah, I had always known, Elias, that, you know, with Apple getting into this race, they're just going to find a way to change the game. You know, and these guys, they're, they're kings of putting sophisticated technology into small containers. You know, can you imagine having a powerful LLM on your mobile phone? And what was that you mentioned? 3D? Can you imagine being able to use your mobile phone to take AI 3D images of something in real time and share that across the world? Right? Yeah. Imagine being able to use that in, um, in shopping boots, for example, when you go shopping you try on some clothes, you could instantly take a 3D model right there and then and share that with anyone anywhere in the world, you know? Having all of that crammed into a small mobile Apple device, you know, it's something I, I am just excited to see how that plays out, you know? A couple of changes as well on this side of the world. Europe, gradually but steadily, is shattering the underdog status it has always had regards mm. to innovation in artificial intelligence you know we have always been trailing behind the united states in in making the headlines uh, that's no news but the european union is now making available supercomputers for all startups within europe that qualify to use them in training their ai models that's huge news elias oh, wow. um, and these are high performance supercomputers which will be made available to this companies, European companies, to support their efforts in the AI innovation that's going on, you know. But of course, as is typical with the European Union, these companies would first of all have to get on board with its regulations, right? Yes. So these companies would have to first adhere to the AI governance as spelled out by the European Union. The continent is not getting left behind in the race. And um, it's also planning to open up some dedicated AI support centers specifically designed to support SMEs and startups in using these resources in the best way possible. You know, already this plan has been kicked off. I think this company, what's, uh, what's the name again? Mistral AI, right? The, ah. the AI company yeah, headqu with headquarters in Paris. The company is already an early participant in the uh, in this pilot phase for these resources. 
And if there was one company from Europe I would put forward to take advantage of this opportunity, I would put forward Mistral AI. Because mm. I don't know if you've heard of Mistral AI or what they yeah. are. Alas, these guys, I would say they're the European competition for open AI. They're that big, you know, uh, recently valued at over 2 billion euros. They just achieved unicorn status in Europe. So yeah, significant strides have been made on this side of the world. And um, US should watch their back, Elias. <laughs> Very soon we will be locking heads with the giants up there. Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting year uh, up ahead for sure. I mean, right now it seems that my government at least is more focused on the attempts of regulation of um, cryptocurrencies versus AI technology right now, which is fine. But, you know, one could really hope that they'll kind of be able to focus on both. But uh, I'm not really too uh, optimistic about the government getting involved over here with AI regulation because I'm looking at how it is right now with the SEC and what's going on. And it's just it's 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 always stuff that's not for the actual consumer or citizen. It's just something to stymie the technology because they don't really understand it and they don't want to take away from their bottom line on their P&Ls at the end of the day, you know. Um, but I will say, though, that it looks like the thought leaders of the spaces like uh, Elon, Kathy Wood, and even Bill Gates have very optimistic views for 2024. Um, speaking of Bill Gates, Newton, he actually laid out a very optimistic vision for AI's growing impact in 2024, sharing his thoughts in a new blog with predictions on how the tech will impact healthcare, education, work, and the broader innovation pipeline. So just to kind of not really go too far into it, but some of the main highlights that were from the blog are, you know, Gates believes AI will start reaching significant mainstream adoption in advanced economies like the U.S. within about 18 to 24 months, which is kind of on par with what some of the others are thinking, kind of getting through this election cycle coming up here in 2024 first. Um, he also highlighted ambitious medical AI projects that are underway from combating antibiotic resistance to treating high-risk pregnancies, which I found really interesting. Um, Gates also believes that AI will transform learning through individualized tutoring and applaud innovations like localized chatbots already turning educational content to specific needs. Now, it's funny that he had touched on that, Newton, because if you recall, several episodes ago, we actually had the Ottermans Institute on that are already doing just that. So that's very exciting to see these thought leaders just kind of reinforce what people are already out there doing, you know. And lastly, you know, Gates also foresees AI broadly augmenting roles and boosting productivity rather than replacing jobs. So those that are using AI will replace the folks that aren't, not the AI itself replacing people. So, you know, Gates had previously seemed less excited about the tech than other major figures, notably saying ChatGPT had likely peaked just recently, but his predictions offer an optimistic and transformative outlook for the upcoming year of AI Newton. So I'm very, very excited to see 
what 2024 holds. Yeah, alas, it has been an, uh, an interesting week recently with AI. One of the other interesting news that caught my eye um, on AI was the one with Lion, alas. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, you know, Lion, the, the non-profit organization that creates open source tools for machine learning, yeah. actually stands for, so it's L-A-I-O-N, Large Scale Artificial Intelligence Open Network, right? Anyway, so this company, they, for some time, they have provided a large data set, right, called the Lion 5B, which has been used by big names, including Stable Diffusion and other generative AI products to power their, their models, to train their AI models, right, for generating those images that we see frequently online. Hmm. Yeah, Lion 5B has been behind this. You know, we're talking about a large data set which which contains over 5 billion links to images scripts from the open web you know anyway recently stanford researchers discovered thousands of instances of um, suspected child sexual abuse material in those data sets so you can imagine these ai models including the ones from stable diffusion have been trained on these same data sets believed to contain csam right child sexual abuse material Lion has been forced to pull down this data set recently. Uh, so they're taking down the Lion 5B and another they call the Lion 400M. It's a temporal move nonetheless, but uh, they said they're going to make sure the data set is clean and safe for the public before they would republish them. You know, So in the meantime, I'm expecting this would have some, some impact of some sort on this popular image generation AI models we know about, including stable diffusion. To what extent this impact would be, we can only wait to find out. But um, it just points out something that we kind of knew all along. If this material is being gathered from the internet, of course, child sexual abuse material will be something to expect to be in, in the data set all this time. I'm really not sure why it took so long for the Stanford researchers or any researcher anywhere in the world to have discovered this. Yeah, that's uh, it's very troubling, Newton. I um, I know that there have been a couple of different agencies uh, that have come across my wire seeing that they're doing things to try to combat things like this with uh, about, you know, posting your kids' pictures online, uh, even just something innocuous and innocent. Because in the unfortunate world that we live in, there are a lot of bad actors and a lot of perverse actors out there um, with malintent towards the innocent. And unfortunately, when we have tools like this that are meant to empower and embolden humanity and society for the better, we're going to see that the bad actors are just that more empowered and emboldened to do their things, to skirt around legislation and um, try to jump through legal loopholes. And unfortunately, when it comes to these kind of materials, where's the line drawn? Where is the line at the decimation of these kind of materials? If somebody's producing AI images and AI videos and just AI-generated content in general of this kind of nature, there's no laws, there's no regulations right now, unfortunately. So I, I'm really, really hopeful that um, even though it's a very difficult topic to broach, hopefully the right people can broach it and really dig in and 
create legislation to help protect not just our children, but just people in general out there. Good point, dear Elias. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And in that same line, the same thing, Rite Aid, Elias. I'm not sure if you've heard that. It's the, the recent news making headlines as well. The U.S drugstore giant right which was banned for the next five years from using any form of facial recognition because they made a mess with the privilege they had recently you know and this ruling came from the from the ftc my understanding that's the federal trade commission in in their words and, and i'm quoting here you know they said right aid in collaboration with two contracted companies created a watch list database containing images of customers suspected of criminal activity. Hmm. These images, often of poor quality, were captured from CCTV or employees' mobile phone cameras. The automatic alerts generated by the system led to false positives, resulting in employees accusing innocent customers of wrongdoing, leading to embarrassment, harassment and harm. So, the FTC didn't take that lightly. Um, Rite Aid has been banned for the next five years. Overall, it points to, you know, their failure to properly test and measure the accuracy of these facial recognition systems before deploying them to the public. And additionally, the company Rite Aid did not inform customers about the use of this technology at all, you know. Instead, they instructed their own employees to keep it confidential. So, again, it's just a AI infringement you find everywhere you look, you know. Somehow the world has chosen to focus on just the positive side of things and we're looking to continue the innovation, um, looking to to break new frontiers, which is good. But um, I just wish this was done in a more ethical way, you know. And Elias, not to point any fingers here at you, but they all seem to be coming from from that part of the world, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's just the unfortunate thing of it is, Newton, is you have a lot of people that are at the helm, a lot of people that are at C-suites, a lot of decision makers, a lot of legislatures that are in charge of making the rules and regulations for this stuff, and they don't understand the technology. They don't understand not just necessarily the true benefit, but they also don't understand the negative impacts that it can have if not regulated. It's, 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 it's troubling. That's why it's going to be very important that the younger generations get out there. And I'm not just saying this for the U.S. I, I'm just saying this across the board, that we don't let us being disillusioned and disenfranchised and the exhaustion we've had from the past four years really just deter us from from voting because at the end of the day newton and for our listeners out there the way that we can make sure that we have a better tomorrow and that these tools can help ensure that is by voting for legislatures and thought leaders and people that are in power to understand this technology to help better us for our day-to-day lives right So that's my hope. I'm very optimistic that we're at the precipice of some something big, a change for the better. Um, Because for too long, far, far too long, 
there has been this um, turning point, really, of change, of leadership for the better for us. So I, I say that, and I'll just kind of leave that there. But um, a lot of exciting things have been coming out at the end of the year, Newton. And I really challenge our listeners to, to really just uh, take a moment and, and do a little bit of research of your own and really kind of see how this technology can help change something in your daily life. Because at this point, there are a plethora, a menagerie, a slew of tools out there that there's one tool that could potentially help make your day-to-day a little bit easier. Let's learn how to use these tools to better ourselves, to improve upon ourselves, to accomplish our goals. Because, you know, it's just been... ChatGPT's just... We just saw the one-year anniversary of it. Yeah. So just in a one year alone, look at how far we've come. And it's only going to get exponentially better from here on out with these updates and we're starting to see this technology really really just kind of overlap and surpass the turing test Uh right so for our listeners out there if you're already listening it means you're stepping in the right direction and you know you can always lean on us for updates check out our twitter check out our linkedin page reach out to us we'd love to hear your feedback And I really hope that every single one of you out there has an amazing and safe new year. Well said, Elias. Well said. On that note, um, we bring this episode to a nice end. Thank you again, everyone, for your continued support. And uh, we just can't wait to spend time with you again next week. Until then, have a, a very, very happy new year. Nexus.